Welcome to Today with Jared James. And now, your host, Jared James. All right, we're going. Oh, <laughs> don't have that on there. <laughs> Please have it on there. Do not have that on there. That's an absolute no. Uh, anyway, uh, welcome everybody uh, to this episode of Today with Jared James. Um, this is uh, my favorite way of doing this. I am not, as Celine Dion would call it, all by myself. Mm. Um, I'm joined by Miss Linda Yacoub. So hello. say hello. Hi, everyone. Yes. Katie. Yeah. Uh, we got Tom over there. Uh, Yellow. I called him the Jamie of the podcast, but he doesn't know what that means because he doesn't listen to podcasts. I do not. <laughs> we just found out this is the only podcast. Yeah, this is the only. To, which is the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we're cult leaders. This is the only no, podcast you no. should be listening to. Uh, Tom just got back from, um, uh, uh, obviously, uh, the the cruise. Yeah. Um, I just got back from both doing a trip. We'll talk a little bit about that all over California, but also uh, Tulum with my guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, catching a little sun. Um, you know, having a great time. I, honestly, I slept better than, like, that's a crazy thing. I think people hear guys trip, and they think that, like, it's just party hardy, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, you know, I talked to you. Like, I was getting more sleep. Like, it was awesome. Like, I would leave the doors. We had an, I had an oceanfront room, and so I would leave the doors open with the screen door shut, and you got the wind blowing in, and you hear the waves and whatever. And it was just nice just to kind of – I'm at the point in my life, it's this really weird thing where um, – it's not about how late can I go to bed. It's how early can I get into bed. That is a great night. You know, not that there's not the occasional fun. I think we had one night that we were out past midnight. Um, but uh, uh, it's just something about just feeling refreshed the next day, you yeah. know, that, that is just a, it's an absolutely beautiful thing. And now I've come back to the realities of being a teenage dad, um, where my nights now are just full-time Driving them around. Does teenage dad kind of make it sound like that you're a teenager, but dad? That's a good point. Dad to teenagers. That's a good point. (laughs) Yeah. That kind of sounds like you're like like teen mom. Do you think you're a teenager? Because if you do, there's some. You meant like teen mom. I didn't yeah. even think about that. No, no I was saying like a dad I have, to teenagers. Yeah, yes. we're like every week this week has just been me meeting my <laughs> my boys' girlfriends and dropping them off and do not girlfriends plural. You know, they have one. Good each. save. Good save. As we know. Yeah, uh, yeah. As far as you're, we know. You're, yeah. Your children are thanking <laughs> you right now. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, although I did, I met one for the first time, and I was like, Grayson, number three this week. Nice. Can I have a break? Nice. Can I have a break? You know. <laughs> and they were watching the Notebook, and I said, Again, oh, yeah. you've already done this with two other girls this week. You <laughs> well, know, you don't have to impress them. You know what's them. gonna happen next? Yeah, don't act like you haven't seen it, bud. You were down there laying with another girl watching it last night. You know. <laughs> He didn't seem as appreciative of that. Uh, and the funny thing is the girls are like, is he kidding? They don't know me. So they're just kind of like, what? You know, yeah. it's, uh, there's some gullibility that goes on uh, in a teenage girl's uh, head. But uh, we've, had, we've had kind of a big week. This is a big, big, big day for you. Big week, yeah. Miss Newsmaker. And for you, uh, Mr. Newsmaker. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Linda was named uh, a newsmaker as an achiever. Uh, for Riz Media, R-I-S Media, I should say, Um, just claiming her spot where she belongs. And, you you know, it detailed a lot of things as far as like what you um, what you had done with, uh, uh, you know, with what happened with your old company and how you started Mm -hmm. first up and have been kind of steering that and and making major deals. I don't know what deals we're allowed to mention yet or not, what's public and what's not. So I'll allow you to kind of say what that is. But we've made some major deals. And uh 
for me personally, you're right. I got named on there too. I honestly, that I don't care what, like, it's just like, it's, it's like a, uh, uh, I'm way it's more, a hundred percent. Yeah. But I'm way more excited about you being on like, yeah. you know, I mean, I don't think I expected, I mean, I did not expect yeah. this whatsoever. You know, you think of what I've been through in the past. I don't know how long. I'm going to feel bad when she finds out that we're punking her, that that wasn't real. <laughs> <It's> just, yeah. <laughs> I'm not supposed to belong here yeah, at this yeah. dinner. <laughs> it was Photoshop, mean? baby. That was no. that wasn't real. Yeah. No. Um. I mean, look, looking back in the past six months, past year, yeah, three years, yeah, it's crazy with how much like of a whirlwind that I've kind of gone through. We've gone through together. The company's gone through how many pivots we've had to make. Yeah. Right. But I mean, startups not for everyone, and the ability to get up and redo something again, and pivot, and continue to focus, and not be you know, distracted with a whole bunch of things around you yeah. uh, is difficult. But yeah. um, to to be recognized yeah. and have others recognize this yeah. is like, it, it, it does feel good. Do you know what's been one of the coolest things for me? I know this isn't something we're going to talk a lot about today, but one of the coolest things for me has been, because, you know, we started this from scratch, right? Yeah. Is... We're Very talking simple. About first up yeah, first up. F Y R S T U P. Every brokerage in North America and beyond should be using it with their agents. Mm-hmm. Very affordable, um, huge ROI. But but one of the features, you know, we digitized the traditional whiteboard, right? Yeah. And what used to be on those whiteboards when all the agents would gather around the, the the whiteboard and you know they'd know what was coming on and what was you know whatever. But one of the coolest features came from one of our clients, the number one Century Twenty One in the world, <laughs> uh, Dan Cruz, when he was asking us, you know, they're they're signing up with their brokerage and he's like, hey we need an open house feature and we're all like gung-ho like you know no 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 no. like look look we're not a crm like we get a million suggestions on everything we should do and and dan's just like jared i get it but like open houses are on the whiteboard and i'm like good point good point so we start thinking about it one of the coolest things for me has been in this journey of now we're launching all these brokerages and doing all this stuff and everything it's like the most popular feature was one we didn't have on there and didn't think was going to be a big deal Mm-hmm. which is the open house feature because obviously yeah. we allow people in a compliant manner to put their listings on there. It notifies their whole office pre-market in a completely compliant manner. And you got buyer matching. They have the buyers on there. They're doing deals prior in a compliant manner, all this kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden this open house feature where you can put <laughs> open houses on and you can say needs a host. And now you've got – you're serving your top agents because now they're able to get people to service their their listings. But then you're also getting those newer agents or the agents who don't have business who are now claiming open houses to go and do those. And the thing that I didn't – I didn't – I understood, but I just didn't think about it this in-depth and why it's been such a big deal to the brokerages we've worked with, that's their most profitable transaction. Oh, absolutely. So while, yes, they need to service their top agents who have all the listings and everything else, the reason why I think it's been such a big deal for our brokerages to have that open house feature where you have people who, you know, you're not putting it in a Facebook group or a group text where nobody sees it, but now you have the people who need business that you're now creating business for them to get to get out in front of people and do open houses and claim it. That's the most profitable transaction for them because yeah. their newer agents, the ones who weren't doing as much business, are on the lower, lower percentages. And I didn't even think of that. And yeah. so what's been cool for for me is through this whole process it's like the feature that we didn't even like have originally is the most popular yeah. feature but now. you know why though like the whole entire app itself was an idea from an agent we've tested with agents and i say this all the time yeah. we tested yeah. that idea and that came agents. from a broker came from bro i mean 
all we did was listen to agents. That's it. Took their pain point, yeah. implemented it, and made it made sure that it was so streamlined and stupid simple yeah. for them to use to reduce time spent. Yeah. But also to help generate business. Like right. that's all we did. We listened to agents. And then we took that, we kinda you know, I mean, uh, C twenty one, his pitch to us came from whom? All of his Southern California there agents. There you go. Yeah. They are wanting this. They are needing this. Why? And and so we tested it and we we made sure that we were listening to them. Could you imagine if every tech tool out there was really based on consumer pain points? Oh, but, but Linda, that like brings up a whole points? other brings up a whole other thing, though. Like I'm listening to you say this, and I'm going, yeah, very true, very true. But if you also listened to all of your people, uh, listen yes. to all of your consumers, listen to all of your clients, listen to all your whatever, you very quickly would have a tool that that has way too many things. But this is why you always adoptable. go back to what. You go back to your mission. And well, this is what I was about to say. I was about to call it the North Star. Yeah. Is that you have to understand the North Star. You have to understand the mission. Because if we personally listen to every single point of feedback and every suggestion that comes in, we would build another CRM. Absolutely. And I I've already that. done that. Mm -hmm. And then what you would have is this really shiny tool that, that functions as a CRM that none of your agents will actually use. Mm -hmm. You know? And so for us, I think when we look at our North Star and we said digitizing the traditional whiteboard. Everything filters through that. Absolutely. And so when we get all these suggestions, like we do all the time, we got one the other day from someone, great suggestion. And they were like, well, what if our agents were able to message everyone in the office and say, I need an open house, or do you have this coming on? And I'm like, wait a second now, wait a second now. The whole point of our app is that literally every notification is crucial. Every one of them means something. Every notification is a listing coming on you want to know about or a buyer match or Their something like that. Yeah. The whole reason that your people are not paying attention to your Facebook group or your group text message, it's so funny how the reason why those are not working, it shows you how much people are just addicted to familiarity mm -hmm. because as soon as you come back into this world of and we've heard it from broker after broker right and and you know of that's not working that's why we need a new tool they immediately point towards and they don't even realize it the thing that made those things not work because they're used to them and credit to i won't name the name right now but the broker we dealt with yesterday who's going about to launch in a couple different markets and whatever um when i when he brought that up and i said that to him i, I was like hey you know, the, the, the problem with that is that now all of your agents are going to be getting notifications from other agents in your office. and They're going to abuse that tool to be able to message each other back and forth, whatever. That's what your Facebook group is. That's what your group text is. That's why nobody's using it. Absolutely. The moment we allow that, we become those things again. And so us understanding our North Star helps us put it, put our decision making through the prism mm -hmm. of does it fit that, you know, is that traditional wipe? Is that, you know, whatever. And so um, it, there's like two, there's two things at play here. Here. One is, yes, you need to listen to your people. You need to listen to your customer. You need to listen to. But part of listening is also having, uh, you know, the wisdom to decipher between that should be done, that should not. And one of the things that I see right now just in brokerage overall, tech overall, whatever, is that we create things that are so flashy and so whatever that they're just not usable. They're pretty. There's just too many bells and whistles. You know, it's, it's yeah. the hot girl that once you get into a relationship with her, you're like, what am I doing? Like, you know, this this was much better from the outside. Now I realize you are not fun to talk to. You you have no, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, yeah. you, don't, you, know you what? don't know what I'm talking about. But, like, in general, like, that's the thing, you know? And I think I've experienced that sitting in an MLS chair. I've been able to look at an MLS where it's, it's the bread and butter of business. Yeah. And I'm, 
and I see all of these tools and that, that you could do yeah. that no one touches and they only do what? They list yeah. on there and they look they check the bot. Look what we got. That's look it. what we got. Look what we got. And that's what most brokerages are doing. And in a world where agents will jump around from place to place because they're not using anything that's sticky. Mm -hmm. They're not doing anything um, that actually creates real value for that agent to be there that nobody else is offering that, yeah. you know, that nobody else can offer. And we're talking, we'll do that on another podcast about no, the scarcity you, you we're creating. Great, and, yeah. yeah, you make a great point. So people are now wanting to turn off notifications because the, the, it's been abused, right? Yeah. Everyone's doing it, everyone's using it. But it's also the same exact thing with, with agents when they hear a new tools being launched. Yeah. What is their first, the, the first thing in their head is like, oh great, another tool. Yeah. That we had to launch. Exactly right. In our toolbox. That's right. And so now what we're trying to do is reverse all that. Yeah. No, notifications have to be on because there's only three that you're ever going to get. Yeah. And it, that means there's opportunity. Tools are important. Right? If you're a buyer's agent, you need a car. Yes. And this you know, tool like, you're going to need because we actually don't want you on there as much. That's right. All we need is this and this and yeah. that's it. We'll do all the heavy lifting. So now we're trying to shift their mindset yeah. to turn on notifications. Yes. Every and notification matters. you have matters. to use the app because... This is what's going to build your business. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So it's interesting. I love it, I love it when you it's say it's super to interesting. I love it when you say like every app, they brag about how long people are on the app. And we're like, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. We want you on there thirty to sixty seconds or less. That's if it. If you're on there more, then I mean, we're not doing our job. The role of technology is to free you up to do the things you should have been doing all along. Yeah. Once it becomes more than that, and now it's taking up all your time, it's keeping you from doing the things you should have been doing all along, which is contact to contact, person to person, making mm -hmm. transactions, making anything that brings you outside of that is a distraction. Yeah. You know, and again, wisdom in deciphering what the difference is. So anyway, that's been really cool. Uh, you know, Very we went. Fun. We went, uh, uh, I went and did some events. I've been, I've been on like a three month break, everybody. And I don't mean like three month retirement, like I'm not working. I'm still working <laughs> a ton, but, um, I wasn't doing events. I just said no to everything. I think in the last so podcast, no on the last podcast, we talked about this and I, I said, look, saying no to something means saying yes to something else and vice versa. In the last three months, I've been on a real break. And the reason I've been on that break from travel and doing events is because there's so much going on right now and there, is, there are so many distractions that I needed to know what I really thought. You know, we live in a world right now where wisdom is needed, like voices are needed. And I'm lucky enough to be in a position where a lot of people will listen to my voice. And what I don't want to do is I don't want to do event after event after event after event after event and I never stop and think about what I actually think. And I become a caricature of what I used to be, right? And and because I take that so so uh, uh, because I think that's so important, and I take that so serious, that's what I've been doing is figuring out what do I think right now? What what is the message people need to hear right now? What do they need to hear from me right now during this mm -hmm. time? And and really, you know, that's what I've been doing because I think right now we live in a world with so many distractions that every thing that pops up new every other day, everybody thinks it's the main thesis. And it's not, you know, most people right now don't know the difference between the sentence and the paragraph. You know, they think the sentence is the main point mm -hmm. when the sentence is a supporting factor in the paragraph, in the story. And most people right now don't know the difference between a sentence and a paragraph. And so what I'm doing is I step back and I go, no, 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 no. This other stuff is important. That's important. That's important. I get it. But they all lead to this. This is the narrative. This is the story. This is what we need to be looking at. And, and, and so many people right now are so locked up in, in every other thing that everyone tells them they're supposed to care about 
that they don't know the difference between a sentence and a paragraph, if that makes any sense. And so that's what I've been doing. I've been, I've been stepping back and just kind of looking at everything and watching it unfold so that when I start hitting the road, I have something to say. And when wow. I start hitting the road, my voice actually, um, I deserve to have people listen to it as, they, you know, as they've decided to, right? And so when we just went and did a few different events in California and we were launching first up with some, uh, with some companies, we were launching my coaching with some companies, uh, I got a chance in kind of a small setting uh, to just kind of like talk out loud. If that, yeah. I mean, I guess you call it speaking. Kind of fun, huh? Yeah, it was just kind of cool to kind of like, just, you know, you and I were pulling up and I'm just like, I have no idea what I'm going to say, what I'm going to talk about. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, you're like, oh, we're out of time. Shoot. Like I need to, you know, because yeah. you, you realize all of that, all that thinking you've been doing, I'm watching it unfold now. Mm-hmm. And jokes are coming in and connections and how that works with that and how that, you know, whatever. And so that's kind of what I've been doing. And now I'm going to, God, I can't believe this. Next week, in less than a week, I leave for Portugal. Um, I'm going to do 121 Portugal. Uh, and we've got com- we've got people coming from Portugal and Spain and uh, other non-English speaking countries. <laughs> that well, I everyone can't remember. is on a delay. <laughs> oh, it's it's so interesting. People are like, oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. And I'm like, it's so interesting because doing other countries is a performance, meaning everything's a performance. We know that, right? But but um, it's a different skill, honestly. It's like- performance with no feedback. Because in other countries, what happens is everybody's on a seven-second delay, a five- to seven-second delay, Mm -hmm. and you get no response. (laughs) You get – I mean, you just need to – you know, it was like – COVID taught me a lot about performing for Zoom where there is no – you know? And it's so funny because you – if you're not careful, you'll be thinking like, am I bombing right now? Like, is this not going well? Can they not get my joke? Is this happening? (laughs) Like, what's going on right now? And then you go out in like the, you know, the, the walkways and the, and the hallways and it's like, you know, the Beatles showed up and you're like, well, where were you 20 minutes ago <laughs> when I could have used a clap or I could have used, you know, whatever. Um, and so it's a, it's an interesting experience. Um, I know it's a beautiful country. Um, but how rewarding. That's going to be fun just to go and. See, that's what I mean. I don't do it like that. I don't look at it like I'm fun at all. I'm not saying fun that you're going to go and nightlife. It's fun to to be able to say, I mean, the fact that you're able to go to Portugal and stand there and speak in front of hundreds of thousands of people, you know, and have influence. Yeah. That is what I think is fun. Oh, that, that, that's cool. Looking back, that's cool. That's rewarding. That's what I love. I wish like you were there or like my boys were with me or like something like that. Cause then I would actually go experience the place I'm at. Absolutely. Whereas for me, people are always like, oh, it's so much fun. Oh my God, you get to whatever. And I'm like, guys, it's airport, hotel, convention center, airport, hotel, convention center. Like it is, it, it's a, it's a, I'm, I'm going to be in the middle of a, a, a room in Portugal. Like my, mm-hmm. I'm going to be in my hotel room. Yeah. Like that's what I, you know what I mean? Like, but if I had someone with me, you know, if I had, um, you know, I mean, look at it. I was just in Tulum with my guys. So we actually go out and we like go to restaurants. We go to whatever. Whereas when I was in Mexico preparing for the advance, when I went on my own, I left early. I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm going to go home now. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's, it's different when you have someone with you and you can experience and you can, you know. Um, but anyway, so I'm going to start getting back out and doing that and got other events coming up as well. I'm not doing, I think we've talked about this. I'm not doing nearly as many of events as, as previous mm-hmm. years. Um, just by choice. Uh, you know, my, my. Also because of uh, budget cuts. You've, you've, you've seen this. Well, not with us. Large brands. Yeah, that's not why for me. Um, I mean, Kat will tell you. 
like yeah. we're still getting plenty of, oh, of I call Cat the Oz. Cat the Oz, the great Oz behind the curtain, my <laughs> my assistant. Um, that's not stopped us. Meaning, like we, I'm still getting tons of event invites. Absolutely. Yes, events have had major budget cuts, and it's amazing to me some of the major events that I've done for years that don't even invite you this year, and then you see their agenda, and you're like, so who did you bring in? Well, quite honestly, and then they I- wonder why their numbers are down, and it's like. You are you are staying away from doing a speaker fee for this person, which amounts to this amount. You're charging five, six, seven hundred dollars a ticket. Mm-hmm. There is a certain number of people who, no matter what, are going to go to your event. But then there's the fringe. It's like voting for politics. There's a certain number, no matter what happens, this is what they do. But then there's the people who are kind of like, I can be swayed, and they look at the agenda. And a lot of them, I know this because they send me messages, yeah. and they're like, what the heck? Like, what's going on? And they look at the agenda, and they go... I'm not spending $700 to just hear a bunch of other people from my area talk about, yeah. you know, whatever they want. They, they're they going there for a show. They want to see the people they watch I mean, online. They want to see the people and meet the people that they look up to. And so many of these events right now are just, they're budget cutting so yeah. bad that it works against their interest because while you're, while you're not wanting to pay that person that fee, when you look at the number of tickets that aren't being purchased Attendance, because people yeah. are looking at the agenda and going – not worth it. Mm-hmm. And so they think they're looking it's it's backwards. They're going this is our budget. And they're they're looking at um expense rather than than uh income. Mm-hmm. As far as what you could be bringing in. And that's backwards. You yeah. know, and so yeah, that that is a definite thing inter- that's happening. It was interesting because when we were on when we were launching first up in those markets, several agents and brokers were like you're not on the agenda. Are you going to be at this event? Are you going to be yeah. at this event? Yeah, are you going to like, this? Uh, are you going to that? Are you going I'll to whatever? Be in I'm Portugal. like, Portugal. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'll like, be no. over here. But it was super interesting. But I, I won't name I, any names right now, but I no. get that all the time right now. Oh, How I, come I don't see you on the agenda for blank? How come you're not at blank? How everyone, come you're not at, it's like, well. Everyone decides based on an agenda. Like, yeah. that's the reason. I mean, when I was at MLS exec, I would look at the agenda, look at the breakout sessions. Is it worth going? When do I go? When should I jump in? Yeah. Everyone does that. And it's to me, it's like it's such an important time to have voices at these things. Mm-hmm. Like to actually, you know, look, we all know it. Um, I've got voices that I listen to and I look up to. You have voices you look up to and listen to. Tom's mm-hmm. got voices. He, and like they can say the same thing as someone else, but because they say it, it matters more. Mm-hmm. And it's, again, it's so backwards right now because this is not the time to not be bringing in those voices. This is the time when those agents need to hear those voices. They go there to be motivated. They go there to be trained. They go, like take something as simple as like these lawsuits, the commission lawsuits. Yeah. And my message the last three years is pros versus amateurs, pros versus amateurs, pros versus amateurs. And I had a guy ask me the other day, he's like, so what is your take on these lawsuits from a a pros versus amateurs uh, mentality? And I said, it's pretty simple. He's like, because most people in the marketplace don't even know about these lawsuits. They don't even know. Most, you know, he goes, I saw your video the other day, and you're so right. Like, most of the most of the people in the marketplace, the consumers, don't even know about them. Mm-hmm. But some do. So he's like, what's your take on a pros versus amateurs? How does a pro handle that uh, versus how does an amateur handle that? And I said, it's pretty simple. You know, amateurs make it a big deal for people that don't even care about it, while pros make people who know about it not even care. Mm-hmm. So think about that for a not second. Not even sway them. Even Amateurs bother. make it a big deal for people who don't even care about it, right? Pros make people who do know about it not even care. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. 
So when I say what's the difference between pros versus amateurs, now let's break that down. What does that really mean? Mm -hmm. Okay. You look at the commission lawsuits. You look at most consumers don't even know that they exist, don't know what they mean, don't know. So a pro is ready, willing, and able to discuss. Mm -hmm. But they don't make things big deals that aren't big deals to the people in front of them. You know, it's like I was talking to someone the other day who had um, uh, they had an accent, and they said to me, uh, uh, "Jared, I feel like this is affecting my real estate business." Now they did it in a different way, but they said, um, "How do I get over this? How do I overcome this?" I said, "The answer is simple: you overcome it. <laughs> yeah, nobody cares. Mm-hmm. You just said it yourself. How do I overcome it? You overcome it. Your people don't care." We teach them what to care about. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about these commission lawsuits and we say what matters, what doesn't matter, you know, how does a pro handle it versus how does an amateur uh, uh, deal with it? An amateur makes it a big deal for people who don't even care about it. A pro for people who do know about it makes them not even care because they understand how to communicate, how to talk about it, how to talk about their value proposition, how to talk about you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. You know, we talked about it. Look, back to first up. Uh, the broker we were talking to yesterday, buyer agency is a thing again, you know, and whether it's whether it's the law in your state and you're in your province or in your area or not to get a buyer agency signed or whatever, it doesn't matter. You're going to need to get it signed now. Yeah. How do you fight amongst all these people, other agents and say that you're better? You're you've got an advantage by being with you because I'm going to work hard. I've got access to the MLS. There's no different. You're all the same now. So what do you do? Right. With first up, we're able to tell people. Imagine you go to a buyer and you're like, hey, you're going to get everything everybody else gets, access to the MLS, I'm going to work hard, I'm going to whatever, but you're going to have access to a proprietary list of sellers nobody else has access to. It's what every buyer wants in this marketplace. You mean there's a chance I won't be up against 57 offers? There's a, not saying it 100% of the time will always do that, but I am going to have access to the proprietary list of Mm -hmm. sellers in a completely compliant manner that nobody else in my area has access to. That's powerful. Absolutely. So when we talk pros versus amateurs, it's not just what you know. An amateur can't wait to tell you what they know. They literally are dying to tell you what they know, you know? And that's why I said amateurs make it a big deal. They make people care about it who didn't care about it. Pros, for people who do already know about it, they make them not care because of the way they can communicate and explain and break it down in a way that you're not going to see on CNBC. You know, and that's the difference when we talk about this world that we're living in right now. Um, this is when this is when we talk about pros versus amateurs. This is where you find out who's who, who's just been talking yeah. and posting on Instagram, and then who are the real pros? Mm-hmm. Okay, pros don't make big deals about things that aren't big deals to the people who are in front of them. You know, that's somebody who's insecure and wants to show you how much they know, and in an effort to show you how much they know, you end up saying no. Right? You're making people say no who never would have said no. But you're a pro. No, you're not. <laughs> you know, it's like somebody who runs around and tells everybody they're the boss. Uh-huh. I'm the boss here. In my experience, if you got to tell everybody you're the boss, you're not the boss. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's. Or, you, yeah, absolutely. Or they don't appreciate you like one. Yeah, one you don't other, have to. Right? I mean, you don't, please, have, we, you don't have that respect. We saw that with my, with my dog the other day. Grayson was joking <laughs> around, my son, and, you know, dog won't come in. And, uh, and he's like, he's telling me, he's like, I don't understand why he doesn't listen to me. He knows I'm the boss. <laughs> he goes, Would you tell him to come in? He knows I'm the boss. I said, He knows you're the boss. Tell him to come in. He doesn't listen to me. 
you might not be the boss. <laughs> you know, he may love you as his brother. Yeah. Oh, he loves you. You're not the boss. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's you funny. can't, you can't fake that kind of stuff. Yeah, so absolutely. anyway, pros, amateurs. Uh, Crazy. Uh, it's what you've been preaching for three years. And it's like, okay, let's gonna, do it again. Gonna, gonna keep do preaching it. Again. it gonna keep preaching it because it's just yeah it's just true like even as i'm saying that isn't it funny how like um this sounds bad but it's just true it's just true though it's just so true like what, what's true Jerry? The, the, <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it's like the stuff sometimes the stuff we say isn't just f- for other people yeah it sounds so bad but it's just true we learn from ourselves. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? It's like sometimes you know, as I'm saying this, my head starts going and I'm thinking about situations and I'm thinking about potential partnerships we have and I'm thinking about whatever and I'm just going like, oh, we need to change that up. We got to do that different. Oh, I shouldn't have done that that way. I should do it this way. And it's like, it's what's true is true. You know, like we don't talk about this stuff because we're perfect and we have it all down and we have, you know, whatever. It's just like sometimes like you're, sometimes you're teaching yourself at that moment. You're just going, hmm. Got it. Talking mm-hmm. to myself right now. That makes sense. I saw a thing, a major influencer I know, uh, an entrepreneur. Not that I know, but I know of. And uh, and he's like, you know, all this stuff you guys read that I put out on threads and I put out on X, known as Twitter, whatever. He's like, you don't understand. These are my thoughts to myself all day. <laughs> he's like, you all are telling me how much I've helped you, how much I've whatever. He's like, you don't understand. I'm putting it out because I have to write it, think about it, and send it. And he's like, I'm saying it to myself. Teaching myself. That, I mean, that's what they say also. Like, putting it down on paper allows you to make it stick and then implementing it. It's like, there's, like, so many factors. But, yeah, you are very much right. Yeah. Like, in that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's Yeah, it's a, it's an amazing world. Amazing, amazing. I have to say, and I don't say this just because I'm your lady, but every time I hear you talk like about pro versus amateurs, I pull, like, a nugget out every single time. And I don't even sell real estate. Um, but the stuff that you say and that just kind of like spitball, like when you just talk yeah. and roll are always different. Although you've been preaching it for three years. Yeah. It's always different everywhere you, everywhere you go. Yeah. It's a new sentence in the paragraph. It's a, like, like, like even what we're talking about right now and what I said about, you know, the interesting pros versus amateurs where, you know, amateurs, mm-hmm. um, make it a big deal for people who didn't care. Whereas pros who it is a big deal for make them not care. That's spitballing. Like I'm, I, and as I'm saying it, I'm going, that's so right. Yeah. That's so right. Because we've all seen that. We've all seen that professional that just wants to show how much they know and they create more problems than, you know, like I said, they that's another, that's noise. another, by the way, I almost want to write noise. that down. Yeah. In an effort to show them how much they know, they make the customer say no. Think about that. That is in any industry, in any – when you get so far ahead of yourself, when your goal is more about ego and showing how good you are and how much you how much you have to, sh- to teach everybody and train everybody, how much better you are, and it becomes above servicing the client, what happens is, is that in an effort to show everybody how much you know, you in the end make someone who wasn't going to say no say no. Wow. Crazy. Like – I've never said that. I've never thought of that, but it's so freaking true. Mm-hmm. And I need to write that down. So Tom, make sure we, because uh, that's going to be that's that's being said from the stage. Yeah. Because that's so true. You could you could talk about that for a half hour. It's like remove yourself from the. We call it servicing clients. Servicing. Mm-hmm. Who are we servicing? Are we servicing our egos? 
or are we servicing the people in front of us? Because servicing the people in front of us means it looks different every single time. Absolutely. Some people, I mean, you know, you talk about social presence. You talk about this a lot. And it's like, you know, be out there, be in front, be the, be the source. All, yeah. But, you know, you have to pick your noise. Like, what, pick, and pick your voice. Like, yeah. what, what is it that you want to be known for? Yeah. And not get those no's and get yeses yeah. instead. And how do you I, know, and servicing someone's single, different every time. Like, yeah. what does it look like for you? Absolutely. What situation are you in? What do you need from me? What mm-hmm. do you, like, look, if you're in real estate, you wear a lot of different hats, mm-hmm. you know, but if you go in there with the same hat every time, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to be able to help some people. Then you're going to have a whole group of people. You're like, I just didn't connect with, I don't understand. Why didn't yeah. that work? Why didn't that whatever? And it's because, you know, you went in as the unchangeable thinking that's mm-hmm. what you needed to be in this moment. And yet they needed some liquidity from you. They needed you to be able to yeah. move as you needed to. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, look at their situation and listen more than you talked and figure out what their actual need is. And that's where trust is built, you know? But I think sometimes when you do things over and over and over and over again, God, this goes back to that line where it's like, the more I learn, the more I know, the more I realize I don't know. And there's so much power in that statement because the older I get, and I'm not, look, you know, four score and seven years ago, I'm not, I'm not like old like that, but I'm old enough to have been around enough time to start to see those phrases and just be so true. Like, you don't feel that, how many times do I tell you, I can't stand being around people who feel like they're in a peeing contest, a pissing Mm. contest. I'm like, you win, I don't care. Because I'm literally at a point in my life where I'm like, I don't need to, I don't care. And so when you say that statement, you know, the more that you know, the more you realize you don't know, there's something not only so humbling about that, but also so strong. Mm There is strength in knowing that because you realize how much you know. And then you realize, my God, there's so much more. And then you feel empathy for how much people don't know, how much they think they know. It's like a teenager who thinks they've got the world by the horns now and they know everything. We all thought that when we were teenagers. you know. And then you start getting older and older and, older and you're like, oh, maybe I didn't. That's why teenage girls hate their moms, but by the time they're 25, they're best friends. You know, after a while, they're like, you know what? Mom knew something. Holy mm-hmm. crap. Wow. Yeah. Look at that. She wasn't stupid. I didn't know, you know, whatever. And so for me personally, um, it's, it, it's actually empowering to understand how much I don't know. It doesn't put aside how much I do know. I know that I know stuff. But man, the more I know, the more I realize there's so much to learn. There's Absolutely. so many things to, to learn and get better from. And, um, and that's, that's that balance between, you know, confidence and humility. It's like, I'm confident. I'm, you know me, I'm fully confident. Like I know, I know what I know. And I, I know, you know, uh, that, that I'm not an idiot and I, I know that I have certain gifts and I have certain and so do you and so does Tom, whatever. But the humility is the side of realizing, you know, just how far you have to go and how much you can still learn and how much still just flows out when you leave yourself open to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just that constant, you know, yeah. balance between those two things that I think uh, allows us to grow, leaves us open to grow. Yeah. Leaves us open to how much we just don't know. You grow by realizing how much you it's don't just- know. There you go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jared James. Wait, we'll turn that into a boomerang. Yeah. <laughs> we'll turn that into There you a, go. Yeah, we'll turn that into a, uh, a boomerang. So you're back from your three months. You kind of like hit the road next. And the first thing you, and major you're doing really is overseas. So there you go. I know. I know. And I'm. And you go uh, right back into conventions and then. I know. Yeah. Uh, but I'm still, again, not doing as many yes. as I was in the past because my schedule now is being determined by, I got kids in high school and you, you again, you, you realize what mm-hmm. you don't know, the more you know, like you realize the more time you spend with your kids, how much little time you have left. Yeah. You know, there's that old thing uh, when a kid graduates high school, you will have spent 97% of your time with them. I mean, how are you, how do you feel right now that your son's like touring college campuses? 
He just went on one yesterday, right? That's kind of... They walked into you and I were at trivia night last night, and they walked in, and the uh, <laughs> and we saw the bartender, the the friend of ours, the girl, and she was just like, "Those are your boys," and I'm like, "Yeah." And they're driving home right now. They're driving home. <laughs> they're like men. Yeah. You know, they're good looking boys, and they're strapping, and you know, they're they're. Uh, you're like, yeah, yeah, that's that's what's happening here. These are grown men who still get into bed with me, um, and curl up <laughs> like they're eight months old, which I still love, you know. But uh-huh. it's uh, you know. Um, it's, it's an interesting dynamic. But my point is, is that, you know, you get to a place where you realize, again, all of that stuff you've read and seen is just so true. Um, I'm not going to let it be true. But when they say 97% of your time you will ever spend with your children ends by the time they finish high school. I know that it's true, but I won't allow it to be true for me uh, just because of my relationship with them and what I'll do. But it, it does now dictate to me, you know, what I do with my schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like there was a time in my life where I'm like, go, 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 all around, yeah. do whatever, you know, all those kinds of things. Um, and I still do a lot of that, but I first look at the schedule and I look at what do they have coming up and what am I not going to miss and what's a non-negotiable. I think that's and one thing. How much you... time am I home? Because I don't want to be home for two days, gone, three days, gone. I want yeah. quality time where we are doing Monday. I don't want time where it's just like dad's in town. Let's do a, uh, an honorary dinner. Good to see you. And then I'm all, like, I want, I want boring time. I want, I want make your lunch time. You know, I want pick you up from the gym time. I want, I want boring time. Well, you want true quality time. I want to be together so much you're tired of being it's like, with me. It's like what I say with you. I want to be in your breathing space. Yeah. Like, we need to be together. But I think you and I, I mean, I know you and I do a really good job at that. When it comes to the calendar, it's like, oh, yeah. got the kids, we're doing this. Ari has a, you know, yeah. at this date. Ty has a soccer game this date. Competition over here. Yeah. Same thing with you. And our whole entire life is yeah. around our kids' schedule. Yeah, yeah. You, you always crack me up though when you get here. You like take a sigh, like and you're just like, "Oh, it's my ah, favorite." I'm home. You're like, <laughs> and what's the first thing I ask? When is Grayson's soccer game? Is yeah, he having yeah. any games? When are we doing? Yeah, what yeah, are we yeah. Doing no, here? yeah, no, no. Are we doing any dinner? No, yeah. Um, but it's it's our, like you all is... you become like a different person. Like you're like all these different things you have and like ailments and whatever. No, all no. of a sudden we get together and you're like, <laughs> it's all better. Tom, I actually <laughs> felt last week I felt like I was on my deathbed. I was like, oh my gosh, She's going I don't to feel see good. I have to go to the ER. She's going to the ER. She's going to whatever. And then this and morning like, he asks, you know, I get to the house. How are you feeling? I feel great. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's a joke, but it's true. Like you, you, you had things you were, you had things you were worrying about. You, you had things you were worrying about. Which Look, I still you're a newsmaker. So you got a lot, a lot of stress, a lot of yeah. you know whatever, a lot of things going on. You're running a company. You got kids. You get there's a lot of different things that go on. And I'm listening to you, and um, it's the nature of things. Things start getting in your head, and then you start worrying. Should I be doing this? What's going on with that? Do I have this going on? Do I have whatever? And I'm saying to you, like, baby, there's you get it checked out, get whatever, but I think you're also worrying about some well, stuff. Well, I just tend to forget about, like, my health. Yeah, yeah. And I put everything else. But then once like you do realize it, it then so. you like then you overthink about it. <laughs> like, oh my God. And you start like, you know, maybe yeah. maybe this is going on or maybe that's going on or maybe, you know, whatever. And I said to you when you came here, because you had all these things, like, I'm not gonna have coffee, I'm not gonna have this, I'm not I'm a, babe, babe, we're gonna live normal. We're gonna you're fine. We're together. We're good. We'll still get checked. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like to that point though, yeah. today I'm like, how you doing? You're like, I'm great. Like I'm whatever. I'm like, yeah. But you know, how true is that? Like, we're, we were talking with our health group. Um, that we're a part of, that we're in, yeah. that we're leading. We started to get healthy with us group yeah. at the beginning and of the year. Yeah, it talks about community, right, and how community has a huge effect on stress and your overall, just your body, your hormones, your mentality. Mm-hmm. I mean, and take COVID as an example. When everyone was isolated, what happened? Everyone was stressed. Yeah. People were gaining weight. Yeah. People were depressed. 
I mean, all of that. So yeah, the only way to see a person was get your 12th booster shot. <laughs> right. You know, so it's, it's like, oh, now I can be around someone. Yeah. yeah. So community is huge. And like, it's one of the reasons why I'm like, oh, I feel so much better because I'm here. Yeah. You come in and it's like Teddy greets you and you just, um, I get this feeling it's of different. like, when you come into the house, you're like, you know, this is my house. Like, you're just like, this yeah. is it. <laughs> yeah. 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 We go to our stores. We go to, you our know, restaurants. Yeah, yeah, you, you <laughs> no. get in our car. But, no, and, yeah. Been, there's something about that. For any of you in a long distance relationship, there's just these comforts that happen, you know, <laughs> when you get with that person and it's not just, you know, uh, uh, doing FaceTime or doing, uh, doing something like that. So, Hey guys, you're watching this episode. This episode is brought to you first off by my company, Jared James Enterprises, or I like to call it just Jared James. I don't like to say the enterprises, uh, but look guys, we do coaching and training and speaking and all these other kind of things to make you better. And it's funny because I've talked about for years the idea that we're in a pros versus amateurs market. And we're seeing that more than ever right now with hundreds of thousands of agents leaving the business. Um, and so many that have such good intentions, but they're not sure how to really get there, right? Have you ever had a disconnect between what you intended to do and then what you're actions actually were every day and that's why you need a coach right I, I've been watching the, the the news lately especially sports news and I'm watching you know major coaches getting higher uh, getting fired but the one thing I know for sure is they're gonna rehire someone because the last thing they're gonna do is have a group of professionals and not have a coach because they won't perform at the same level right and we are no different if you're watching this and you don't have a coach I promise you you're underperforming so make sure you check out jaredjamestoday.com uh, get yourself a coach if you're a brokerage let's get you into brokerage ride training for the whole office very affordable we get them training they need to be a pro and not an amateur boost their performance boost their confidence boost all of it uh, we can do all of that for you um, uh, second place here we're also brought to you by another one of my companies called cleared and closed um, again being a pro, you're going to hear this over and over again. You need a transaction coordinator. And so we took this very serious. We believe in it so much that we're offering you a free transaction. So so literally you can come in, uh, use one of our transaction coordinators for a free transaction. They'll do a custom workflow with you, all of it. And if you don't like them, there's no contract. So go to clearedandclosed.com, clearedandclosed.com, and give the experience that your consumers want that they want to tell somebody else about, okay? And you do that not by doing everything yourself you do that by running an organization by running a business not running around and that starts the number one hire in every real estate business whether you're day one or day 20,001 because there's no risk you only pay if you actually close the file is a transaction coordinator so check them out guys they're amazing okay do a consult it'll be worth it and last but not least we are bought to, uh, brought to you by another one of my companies first up f-y-r-s-t first up.com if you're a broker and you're watching this if you're an agent tell your broker to get on first up you know, I did something the other day online and we talked about the difference between uh, spending money, cutting spending and going all in on investments because investments bring returns. And there's a difference between checking boxes and buying tech tools so that you can sound good to the agents and having stuff that actually brings you a return. And in this mobile age that we live in right now, what First Up really does is it digitalizes that traditional whiteboard. You know, the old days when you'd come into the office and everybody would talk about their listings that they have coming up and they would talk about their open houses and they would talk about all these things. The problem is everybody doesn't come in anymore and gather in those meetings. So that whiteboard's not quite as effective okay and so what we've done is we've taken that traditional whiteboard setup and we've digitized it and so all of those listings that your brokerage has that are between the time of when they get signed to a listing agreement and they actually hit the MLS 
um, you're allowed to promote those within your brokerage. That's completely compliant, completely allowed. And so what we did was we said, get rid of all the confusing Facebook groups and all the group text messages and everything that all your agents aren't paying attention to. We built an app. We built a tool that is so simple. Our goal is not like most apps, which is how long can we keep you on? It's how quickly can we get you off of that app? We want the agents on there less than 60 seconds a day. But what they're going to do is put all of their listings on it pre-market before they actually hit the MLS. It's going to notify everybody within the brokerage that digital whiteboard let them know what's coming on it's going to buyer match because the agents are going to put their buyer criteria in there and it's going to let them talk back and forth about a buyer they have for it because it's going to notify them that there's a buyer that matches um, it's going to do all of this you're going to have people it's going to let them know if they need to assign somebody somebody needs to do the open house for them and so they can raise their hand or contact each other do open houses all of these kinds of things communicative tool also one that brings roi double ending deals in a compliant manner and so this is something that every single brokerage in a 2024 world needs and we're launching something real soon where we're only allowing so many within each market so get on it now before it's too late uh, uh take a chance go on over to firstup.com f-y-r-s-t-u-p.com extremely affordable as a brokerage but when you talk about roi return investment every single one of you at the sound of my voice needs to be using firstup.com you won't regret it now another thing i want to talk about with you let's go uh NAR oh, yeah. released a video uh, from the new CEO. Let's kind of like give them the timeline of stuff, like how we actually did this. Like, Well, we were shocked already that they hired a CEO who had no real estate experience, no nothing. Which I did not even know. Yeah. I did not know about this. I didn't read the bio, nothing like that. I just, I knew there was a new person in the Do seat. you know what's funny though is everybody's quick reaction. I remember talking to someone in the industry and I was like, why did they hire this? There's no real estate experience. There's no, she worked at a newspaper. Like that's media. That's That's not whatever. And they were like, what is are you a racist and i'm like <laughs> is this really what we're doing like you can't even ask why is this woman the 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 head of the you know whatever like she has no experience and it's immediately are you a race and i'm like what yeah who even trained can we get rid of this mentality that anytime you question anything let's be real if i said that they wouldn't they wouldn't have they no, wouldn't have responded that way because i'm a woman color. of color that just is so correct. you know but because you're a white male who is with a woman of color and that's Middle Eastern. Only for that reason, so I have that card. That's, that's it. Why. I figure, give it a few years, then I get it for longer, <laughs> you know, whatever. But literally, like, I have someone like that say that to me, and I'm sitting here going, that ne was never even in my head. Like, what is wrong with you, right? But that's the place that, that people are at. Like, they've been conditioned to think that nobody can just think critically or think whatever. It's got to be because of whatever. And I'm like, can we leave this portion of time that has now come about because it's ridiculous, right? Now, having said that, the video comes out. Yeah, okay, so... And I'm rooting for it because okay. I'm like, all right, cool, we got no, this person. Well, how this... I was, I was working out in the sauna and I got in the sauna and I didn't have my earphones in just yet. And so I came across you sent Instagram it to me. and I saw NAR's video. It was literally out for an hour at most. Yeah. And I saw it, and, and remember, I did not have my earphones in, so everything was on mute. You were less like, than impressed, though. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like... You saw the video, and you literally... I forget well, exactly I what you hear, sent me. I couldn't hear what she was saying. But you were like, oh. I was like, ooh. I'm like, taken back. And... Um, and it wasn't friendly. There was no, there was no, no warmth. There was... I, it was weird. It and was I was weird. like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, something bad in the industry is happening. Yeah. Just looking at her. And it was kind of her intro. I put my AirPods in, and I'm listening to this. Oof. And there was a couple of words that I was like, what? That just kind of triggered me. And I sent it over to, to yeah. you. Yeah. And I said, 
did you see this? Yeah. And I was shocked. Yeah. And the reason why I'm shocked um, is I, I I ran a multiple listing service for ten years. I've sat and I'm not I'm yeah. not a licensed realtor. I'm not yeah. a realtor at all. Um, I don't pay dues to anything. But I've sat there and I've seen presidents come in and out, and I've yeah. been in committee meetings and board directors meetings on a state level and yeah. a part, participate in a national level, and this was just so different from what I've seen in the industry. The, the industry past right now years. needs some warmth, some goodwill, some whatever, and then here comes Miss Read the Teleprompter in an in an in an what looks angry. I'm not happy. I'm not smiling. There was one point where you could tell they said, "Say this word and smile," and like. He, here's my perspective, and I don't know her, and I'm rooting for her, like whatever. Can we, as an industry, and this goes to NAR and the whole thing, can we stop propping up puppets and like making everything so robotic? Mm-hmm. The industry right now needs a person. They need yeah. a person, someone with warmth, someone that you feel like they mean what they're saying. They actually care. They actually love the industry. Mm-hmm. They love the people. They mean what they're saying. And instead, they put out this video. Then they take the video down. Okay, so <laughs> pause there. We, I go back to the video. So a couple hours later, I wanted to go back to the video to really like listen You're to like, what she had to Let me give it another chance. Let say. me see what's going on. Yeah. I wanted to listen. Like, and and not criticize the whole entire video. But then it was removed. What does that tell you? When it's removed, they themselves know that it should not have gone out. By the way, the fact that they're already being so robotic, you can tell they're being sensitive to every comp, every this, every, and so, so in an effort to try to reach everybody, they reach nobody because they turn into robots. And then they take the video down to make minor adjustments or whatever they said, which basically meant they got some kind of feedback, some kind of this, some kind of that. They put it back out. No, no, no. They didn't put it back on on social, did they? Oh, you know what? I don't know if they did. At the I time, didn't check. at the time, they didn't. Yeah. They sent an email. They put it on uh, competition. Which I'm not a realtor, like so I don't get. Yeah. But you're, you get it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. And and I'm like, oh my god, they took the video down. They redid it. They cut but stuff. But what did they also do? They gave them talking points. Oh, so that so this was the point I was making. At a time when we need warmth and personality and someone that you feel like really cares, really knows the industry, knows whatever, instead. They put up this person clearly reading a a uh, teleprompter with no warmth, no anything. I mean, I, I feel like I'm being chastised. Like this is, you know, whatever. Um, and then they send it out to the realtor base with specific instructions that if you post this on social, here is exactly what you write. And I'm going, what is happening here? Like, this is not what the industry mm-hmm. needs. This is not, you're telling us what to say. Clearly, she's being told what to say. And it's just, I want to just shake the industry, you know shake and just say, guys, wake up. We need a personality here. We Absolutely. need warmth. We need love. We need sincerity. We need, in a world of authentic, we need authentic. We need what, and we are just not getting that. We're not getting that. It's, it it's, was, yeah. It was very interesting. And, and, and at this point, it wasn't even what she said. At this point, Although it was, it was a little ridiculous. I mean, we I welcome it. competition. That was talking about the potential other association being felt- <laughs> launched. We welcome competition from a from a we, from an organization that, by the way, um, you are forced to okay. join. And whether or not I can't say that she script she made the script herself or she was told to say this, I don't know. I'm sure there were eight attorneys and five. I don't. And, I don't yeah. know. But like, obviously, it was very intimidating. Like, I would I would not want to. Yeah. Quite honestly, like. Not being a realtor 
and someone that owns a home and yeah. might sell or buy in the near future, far future, whatever it is. Um, I mean, it was just, it was really much a turnoff. Yeah. But outside of that, just seeing the pattern of yeah. what happened yeah. was just like, it's a level of trust that's like kind of lost. Yeah. Um, and why, why script it? Why, why say here is what you need to say if you're going to share it? Every realtor is bound by the code of ethics, period. If you can't even like yeah. feel confident in that. Yeah. They need, they need, they need to bring someone in with some kind of personality who actually reaches people. I hate to keep bringing it back to this, but it's just true. You know, we're about to have a presidential election and both parties prop people up and they make them say what their party platform is supposed to say. Yeah. And for whatever reason, there are certain people, and this is why some people went out and some people don't, that when they're propped up to say it, for some reason you believe it. And they, they connect with people. It's their gift. They connect with people. They know, you know how to say things. They know how to reach into whatever. And, and it works, right? These people they keep propping up within our industry do not reach people. Mm -hmm. Like literally just turns people off and just goes – what is this? And you're dictating to me exactly. You first put up the video, which is so scripted and so fake. Then you go and edit it because you clearly got some feedback and didn't, you know, whatever. Then you send it back out and you go, this is exactly what you write when you put it out. And it's just like, w what are we doing here? Like, you work for us, not the other way around. Like, we're the members. We pay for this, whatever. You're making us look bad at this point. Yeah. Like, this is not, you know, and I love, like I said, I love the line in there. When she says uh, about the rival association potentially being started, we welcome competition. Did anybody hear that and believe that? Like, did anyone <laughs> listen to that and hoping, go, well, good, they want competition? No offense. I was hoping that they actually took that part out of the, <laughs> of the edited version. And I looked back in. I was like, oh, no, they didn't. They didn't. Okay. <sighs> that was fine. But um, it was just, I don't Ugh. know who else saw that. But I remember actually looking at the view count before it was removed. Yeah. It was like 500 people that viewed it. Yeah. Um, and then I was looking at the comments. Quite honestly, the comments were even more disturbing. You know why? Yeah, because they yeah. were all encouraging oh, it. Oh, 100%. You they know were there's like, someone yes, there. Go for it. You know and, there's someone there. And, you, and that's like, the thing is that you know that? it's so fake. It's, it's, like, it's like we've told agents forever. It's like we tell small businesses. If every one of your reviews is awesome, it actually has a negative effect on the public because they know it's not real. We all know that there's crazy people and they go and write bad reviews. And no matter what you do, you can't, you can't solve their problem. You can't make them happy. You can't. So when I look at your review and it's nothing but great, we know you took down the other ones. So now you have this video that you and I that are very open-minded people. Like we're just like, <laughs> we just want to know what the truth is. What's going on here? And we both watch this video and go, God, another one of these, another robotic fake. You it don't mean anything you're saying. Quite honestly, and disturbing. then you got, and then everybody got their marching orders, and they went in the comments. Fire! This is amazing. Get it, girl. This is oh my god. But I'm going. Are we watching the same video? Not one person <laughs> got in here and went. Really, guys? Like this is what we're doing? But you know they did. Because they, they got it, people on the ready in their controlled environment. Delete. Nope. Can't do that. Comments gone. Nope. Out. And it's just like, can we stop the robotics? That like, you're not connecting with people by being robotic. I have to say, Kenny was someone that was just so inviting. My company prior to first up, even my team yeah. loved his energy. You talking about Kenny Parcell? Yes. Yeah. I we have photos when that whole thing happened. My 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 past coworkers yeah. no longer with the company, but sent me photos of them. I yeah. said I cannot believe it. 
night and day. Yeah. As far and, as and by the way, we're in a place we're in a place of eating our own now because Kenny is out, and then the new the new president comes in and she's there for less than a month. She's out, threats from people and doing whatever. True. So now we yeah, got a new one. True. And I know, by the way, I know uh, I know the new uh, I guess they call it president or whatever it's called. Whatever he's a great dude out of Massachusetts. My plea to him would be: please be real, please be personal, please be real. Please don't be afraid of you know the mob coming for your head because obviously we found that we're an industry that that's what we do now yeah. is that we we go after our own and we just we raise people up and then we tear them down and we raise them up and we tear them down so don't be afraid of the mob don't be afraid of whatever um, but it's a sad it's a sad testament right now to where the industry is at that everybody is so afraid of their own mob coming for them mm-hmm. that we've become robots you know and yeah. and it's just like you know for someone who's in the industry. Um, as a personality and somebody who just says what I'm really thinking and is okay with that and is pure in what I'm saying and whatever, um, it's to me sad to watch. And it is it not is. the response right now that our industry needs. You know, at a time where NAR is coming under so much fire and so much scrutiny and so much, it's like now they're trying to avoid scrutiny by becoming robots, which is only creating more scrutiny from your very membership mm-hmm. and is going, what are you doing here? Like now, having said that, I'm not saying this because I dislike NAR. Like, we get upset with people because we love them. We get upset with people because yeah. we have relationships with them. When we look at, when you go and you see that now there's, you know, another association that's trying to be challenged, you know, started up to challenge them and everything else, I do think that the scrutiny of NAR has gone too far, meaning they don't do anything. They don't, you know, whatever. And yet that's not true, you know. When, when you look at um, – in DC and all the lobbying and everything they do on behalf of our industry, it is a ton. They're like the largest lobbyist group, you know, in the world. Like it's, you know, so we can't also go from one extreme and then go to the other extreme. Mm -hmm. We have to understand how valuable they are. But that is part of my frustration is understanding their potential and their possibility and how right now you have a very few amount of people who are making decisions for that organization that do not serve the betterment of uh, the, the the potential of what that mm-hmm. organization actually is. So and because been- I can see what they are and what they can be and what they should be, it leads to my frustration because I'm like, oh, you're doing what everybody does in our world today. Absolutely. You're allowing a few to control the many and they're not giving good advice. So they should be spending their time and their dollars and energy on focusing on what they provide, the benefits, what they do, the ins and outs of the organization versus on the on the small yeah they should focus on their membership and and connecting with their membership mm -hmm. and not just putting out videos because they're afraid of what the next lawsuit's going to be so they're afraid to say anything or do anything because it's going to go to another lawsuit it's going to go to another and in the meantime you're not serving your actual or speaking to your actual membership and while you're making decisions in an effort to not be taken down by more lawsuits, more whatever, you're going to be taken down from within because your members are going to leave you, mm-hmm. okay? And so that that's the unintended consequences of what you see happening right now. Um, it's learning to drown out the noise, you know? Um, and sometimes we get so focused on that on on that noise and we do a bold statement like that was that was put out that honestly, obviously, they, they retracted from it. They pulled it back. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, yeah. So, but, so focused on the membership. And as I said, I want to preface again here. I don't, I don't have these statements and feel this way because I'm anti NAR. I've got so many good friends at NAR 
I've had good friends taken down at NAR. I've got <laughs> I've got so many. Uh, I think that there's such great potential for NAR. I think I think that as an organization, at their core of what they're supposed to do, um, that they've been amazing. But they are allowing now, like so many things in our society, the select few that are not a good group of people <laughs> to to now start running things and start going for their own. You know, and now they're eating themselves from within, like you see with with many organizations in our society now. Uh, they are allowing the loud minority yeah. to eat from within and and to give a terrible public persona of you know this uh, of this amazing organization. Um, and you know, someone's got to step up and say enough's enough. Yeah. Before you know? you're in it too deep. Yeah. Yeah, enough's you know? enough already, you know. Uh, you should be able to stand on the merits of who you are and what you've done for this industry over all this time mm-hmm. and not be afraid of saying the exact perfect thing at all times. Yeah. Because what's happening right now is they're reading so many teleprompters that they're saying so much correct, politically correct stuff that they're saying nothing at all, mm. you know. And when you're saying nothing at all, you're not speaking to your membership. And the membership is very smart. So when they see these videos come out, and they see your eyes glazed over, oh, da, 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 you know, doing, you, we just go, God, another one, another freaking robot. The robots have taken over, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, I think I speak for a lot of people in the industry when I just say enough's enough. The industry right now needs a leader with warmth. They need a, they need a leader who will speak to them, who cares genuinely and isn't afraid of making a mistake because we don't need perfection. Mm-hmm. It's okay if you make a mistake. But if you're going to allow that, that, that loud minority to come in and eat someone up every time they make a mistake, well, then you're going to keep getting people who are afraid of making mistakes. Yeah. Okay? But we don't need perfect. We're not bringing Jesus back from the dead again to come lead the industry. Mm-hmm. We just need someone who actually cares and is willing to, to admit it when they make a mistake but has the industry's best interest at Absolutely. hand. You know? Yeah. And has a network and knows people and is on the ground. And, you know, like that's mm-hmm. what the industry really needs. Yeah. I agree. Anyway. Um, let's talk about, cause we spent a lot more time talking about that than I think we expected. <laughs> uh, I'm going to save some of our talking points for, uh, another podcast, yeah. uh, which tends to happen, but, um, let's shift just a little bit right now. Okay. And let's talk about from an entrepreneurial standpoint. Okay. Um, why do you think people want to become entrepreneurs? Oh, they want to be their own boss. Yep. Make a ton of money. Yep. Do, do their own time. Let me, let me start off. I mean, like, why did you, why do you desire to be an entrepreneur? <laughs> Quite honestly, I, I, I hated school. And so I dropped out of school. Uh-huh. Um, I only have a high school diploma. Yep. Um, I don't that, think most people know that, that, by the way. If that's even worth anything, I yeah. don't even know. Yeah, high school diploma. And I, my, my resume is based off pure experience. Yeah. And so um, everyone would think that I have a college degree, yeah. maybe even a master's. Why, you have big debt? I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> that's what comes with a no, college right? degree I nowadays. Um, uh. No, but like I, it's funny that we're talking about this because when I was like, you know what? When I don't like school, I don't want to sit here. I don't have the attention span that I need to sit here yeah. and do it. And I actually would leave all the time to snowboard. Um, so Grayson would probably appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was, just, I just, all I knew is I wanted to sell. I wanted to do big things. Yeah. But I, I also knew that one day I w- I'm not going to work for someone. Yeah. I want to work for myself. Um, I saw my parents juggling multiple jobs growing up. Yeah. And I wanted to be able to provide and give back. Yeah. In order for me to do that, like sitting in school was wasting time for me. Yeah. For me. Yeah. And so I jumped into, I only sales. 
I jumped into sales, um, which I thought I was terrible at. Um, but for me, it was like building relationships. I'm That's great it. at doing that. Everyone's in sales. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I love talking to people and finding a solution for their pain point. Great. What do you want to do? Lose weight? Let me help you. I started off as a personal trainer. Then I went into um, sales with, uh, back in the day, it was Pack Bell, then Singular, then AT&T. So I did that, launching the first Razor phone ever, right? First flip phone, thin phone, first Bluetooth, right? And then yeah, Remember that? Remember when that Bluetooth came out and it was like, what is this? <laughs> it was like a flashing thing in an ear. It's like, what is that? What is this magicianry? No, what, having what is Having to explain this? Bluetooth this was This was wizardry. Like, what was this? But like, I just had this God-given ability and gift just to kind of grow and thrive from there and just build up. And I, and I knew that I, I had a gift that could take me beyond being an, an employee yeah right um well it's but, all but by the way it's all different but, skill sets though so like so like i personally believe so like mm -hmm. entrepreneurs become cool and everything else but the truth is you're only happiest when you're in the place you should be mm -hmm. you know like i won't name names but we know people right now who are trying to be entrepreneurs and i'm like you're not an entrepreneur like you're not gonna be happy doing that you live in a world of society that's telling you to be an entrepreneur but you're actually an awesome number four, or you're actually a great employee who's going to uh -huh. do much better. You're going to be happy. You're going to have the security you desire. You're going to have like whatever. Like this whole one size fits all thing. It's again, it's back to those extremes. You're all the way over here. You're all the way over here. My thing is not that everyone belongs to being an entrepreneur. Everyone belongs to be, you know, work for a company. Everyone belongs, you know, whatever. And so, no, no, no. Where do you belong? Yeah. Because we all have different things that we have different gifts. We have different things that make us comfortable. We have different things that we desire. We have different, you know, for someone that their main thing is security. Mm -hmm. Yeah, entrepreneur is not for you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You're just going to have full-time anxiety yeah. at all times. You know what I'm saying? Um, but then for someone who, um, you know, wants to have, you know, the world at their fingertips and have the chance to be, well, then, yeah, you're not going to go be a teacher. Yeah. And do 2% increase every, it's just not going to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the beginning of it all is just understanding who you are, what your skill set is, what you're actually after and stop listening to all of the chatter on the outside mm -hmm. about what you should want for you, which is yeah. what most people fall into. Yeah. You know, absolutely. they hear from other people who never made it or, you know, uh -huh. who wish they did it's, and it's they vicariously rough. live through. I mean, being the, I, the idea of being an, an entrepreneur is, I mean, it's, it's nice like to hear and go into that, but man, startup life. Yeah. The first one to five years of startup life is rough. Rough. And I had to do it twice. Yeah. The same, I, I had one company four years old. Yeah. Boom, went under, out of my control. Yeah. Right. Second, and I had to redo it. Yeah. So now it's like, wow, like I'm going into another I'm, I'm in year six, yeah. really, but my company's only so months old. And by the way, here's, the, here's, the, di so here's the difficult part for people to understand. That rough never stops. No. It's new problems. Like, look, look at what just happened with Meta. Oh, yeah. Right? So look at Facebook. Facebook, so you, Instagram, WhatsApp, so you, Meta. So you, so you have Zuckerberg, right? Yeah. Um, who's one of the richest men in the world now, but obviously starts off, tries to build a company. There's all sorts of heartache and everything that you'll never hear about. But now he's hit a different level of issue, <laughs> where now he's sitting before the Senate, Going, I'm one of the richest people in the world. And he's getting grilled by Ted Cruz, the senator, on there are things on Instagram, meta overall, where when you're going to somewhere that has, I think it was like borderline child porn. Mm -hmm. And before you get there, there's a little thing that pops up and it's like, are you sure you want to go there? And here he is, one of the richest people in the world. I've built these amazing companies, whatever. And he's getting grilled by Senator Ted Cruz, as he should be, going... So if they just click yes, they can go on through to that child porn off of your site. 
So you're admitting that you know it's there. But then you're going to allow them to go through because you warned them it was there? Do you feel good about that? What percent of people do that? How many pedophiles do you have on your site that are going through and doing what? <laughs> and it's like, well, here's a different well, level of even when you think you've made it, the scrutiny just gets higher and higher and higher and higher, which obviously that's not Zuckerberg's intention. I don't care. Like everybody tries to demonize and whatever. I don't know him. I'm sure that's not his intention. Yeah. But my point is it's even when you, quote, unquote, make it, the scrutiny just gets higher, mm-hmm. just gets more, mm-hmm. you know? That was, I mean, I don't know if you saw that. It uh, was wild. Well, I did see him turn around and, uh, like, apologize. Like, uh, family, family, families that were out in the, that were in there. Holding oh, I didn't up, see that. Holding up their kids' photos. Of, I don't know if it was, like, a part of the abuse. I don't know if I think that had more to do with mental health or, like, suicides health, or suicide. something that came but, from. I mean, that's Which is obviously whole, not his intention. No, yeah. he's a father. Yeah, like it's not it's not his intention. Right, but like I can't. You are right. Like the imagine. Like, there's a level of stress when you first start, and the more you grow, more public, more eyeballs on you. It's a whole other level of stress. Employees, the great the great prophet Mace back in the '90s said it: "Mo money, mo <laughs> problems." Okay, it was a. It was it was prophetic, okay. Yeah, Mo- uh, but <laughs> I was about to sing the song, but I'm not going. Okay, to. so entrepreneur, did when did you aspire to be one? Have you ever wanted to be one? Did you ever think that you'd be in a position where you're at today? My whole life, entrepreneur. Oh, my whole life. Yeah, mm-hmm. I won't go into it all. People have heard no, my story yeah, for the most part, it. but my whole life, you know. Why I, don't, why don't we I did have... events. I did events for years, and I talk about it when it comes to being an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur is somebody who works 80 hours a week, so they never have to work 40. Absolutely. So yeah. when you hear me talking about some people are not built for that, and by the way, not some, most people are not built for that. What we need to do is make sure that we are crafting the correct message to potential entrepreneurs so that they understand that if all you're after is free time, limitless vacation, freedom of schedule, finances, whatever, entrepreneurialism is not for you. That, oh, that, that's, not that, at all. That, like, it's like when someone comes into an interview and the first question they ask is, how many weeks vacation do I get? This ain't for you. Like, we're, we're already, you know, check, yeah. please. We're done, right? Yeah. If that's how you're looking at it from an entrepreneurial level, because that never, look, being an entrepreneur means I do get to make my own schedule, which means I work more than you by choice. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Like, I can technically check out. I can technically, I can do whatever the hell I want to do. Like, I, you know, whatever, right? And, and part of that is that I now will book men's trips and, you know, guys' trips and go to Tulum, whatever. But I'm up working and doing it, whatever. Like, it's like being an entrepreneur means I can make my own schedule, which now it's just my fault that I work more than you because yeah. I'm choosing to do it. But I want to do it. I have to do it because this is the life that I've chosen. Yeah. You know what I mean? So being an entrepreneur means that you are choosing a life where, yeah, you could take a backseat. Yeah, you could just, you know, uh, take a break. You could just whatever. But you don't because you know that it's not how you're built. Mm-hmm. But you want to be rewarded for what you are putting in. Absolutely. So unlike if I was an employee built how I'm built, where I would still be constantly working and constantly doing things, constantly whatever, and I wouldn't get the reward according to what I was doing. That's why I had to go into because I need to be rewarded on the level that I, you know, deserve to or to fail based on the level that I deserve to. Mm-hmm. You know, both of those are yeah. absolutely true at the exact same time. Right. So being an entrepreneur is basically saying, hey, I get to make my own schedule, mm-hmm. which means it's just my fault when I work more than everyone because I choose to do it. It'd be so interesting to look at like data behind. I'm not even sure if it's out there. Those that have start like startup. Yeah. And those have literally that have literally pulled out and those that were able to make it, you know, based on entrepreneur mindset and discipline. 
you know, and all of that. Yeah. Because it is, there's times where you just feel defeated. Money coming into the company just goes back into the company. Times, my God. Just goes back in. Majority of the time you I mean, you, you don't defeated. pay yourself as a as an entrepreneur, CEO, owner for yeah. a very long time. Yeah. And that could be defeating in itself. Yeah. You know, and so. Um, Most of the time is defeating, by mm-hmm. the way. Most of the time you feel defeated. Like it is a, it's a, it's a, entrepreneurs have a different gear. Successful entrepreneurs have a different gear. What it takes for them to feel, um, not successful, but to feel uh, security, to feel, that's even the wrong word. It's like the scale that we operate on is different. We're not looking for security because we know it's not there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that's not that's not that's not where it is. Security, in many cases, from an, a growing entrepreneurial perspective, is actually a bad thing because it keeps you from pushing. It keeps you from you know, which is the complete opposite yeah. of most people. You know, mm-hmm. so being an entrepreneur means understanding right off the bat that you're different than everybody, and that's okay. Yeah. Accepting that, accepting what comes with that, and then still getting frustrated with yourself when you feel the feelings you feel and going, I knew I was going to have, I knew I was going to feel this. I knew it was going to be tough. Why do I feel like this? And pushing forward anyway, right? Mm -hmm. Like that, that's what an entrepreneur does. An entrepreneur is not always right. Is not always wrong. Is not always an entrepreneur just keeps moving. They just keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving like that. That that's the life of an entrepreneur. And that's not for everybody, right? Like I said, they work 80 hours a week. So they never have to work 40. They understand that they're different. Um, but it is not a life that most people should live. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's, it's a, it's a, it's many a, aspire to be right. Yeah. But entrepreneurs most. are like, they're like bad mm-hmm. addicts. It's like, they just can't help themselves in the sense that, you know, if you've ever been around a drug addict, it's like, they just keep, they just keep ruining things. They just keep, <laughs> you know, and for like an entrepreneur, it's like every time things are comfortable, every time things are good, they're like, nope, we're going to do this now. Nope. We're going to add this. Nope. This? We're going to whatever. Yeah. And you know, if they're with a spouse or what, they're just coming, we just, no, no, we're good now. Can't we just. You know, it's like, no, I don't, I don't have that lever. Like, I don't have that in me. Literally don't have that ability. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I need to be pushing. I need mm-hmm. to be, you know. So, anyway, life of an entrepreneur. Anything else we want to talk about? Because you and I have a bunch of promos to um, shoot. No, I, I mean, we talked quite a bit mm-hmm. about things. Um, I would like just this one thing that we kind of came across was this article about um, we mentioned the percentage of college uh, applicants have dropped oh, down God. enrollment. This is such a joke. <laughs> such a joke. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like, what's your what's your take on like the headline? So, guys, like, college, college enrollment, enrollment is down. down. Shocker. <laughs> Biggest scam of all time. I mean, I, I mean. Well, yeah. I so I didn't go to college. I didn't finish my college. Hey, here's my- here's the deal. Uh, you're gonna pay hundreds of thousands of dollars. And you wait real quick. Look, you have a master's degree. No, no. no I have a I have a back when I finished. I finished at night. I have a bachelor's. Um, okay. in marketing and I did it just so one day I would have to tell my kids they had to go to college there you go. my thoughts on this have changed a lot since then um, as far as look college has become my god think about this for a second the government will back your loan no matter what kind of degree you're going for so I'm going for you know creative arts you know whatever I'm going to give you, no matter what, just the fact that you're going to college, I'm going to give you a loan for Mm $400,000. If I went for a business loan as an 18-year-old kid, they said, well, what business do you want to do? I don't know. Uh, Well, how are you going to pay us back? I have no clue. I don't have a job. I don't have anything. Whatever. Well, here you go. Signed and approved. Here's four hundred grand. (laughs) What do we do for college? What, What do you want to do? You want to go do a liberal arts degree? You wanted to go get a political science degree? 
You want to go get how much? Okay, that's that much money. Stamp approved. Here you go. By the way, uh, never get rid of it, even in bankruptcy. Backed by the government. There's no getting rid of this. There's your loan. Imagine if college loans were business loans. Would they ever approve 99% oh, of them? absolutely not. Absolutely. That's how you mm -hmm. know it's a scam. It comes from the government. You can't get rid of it, even through bankruptcy. You have to pay it back at interest over years. You're enslaved forever, and it doesn't guarantee. And so you read this article, college enrollment is down. <laughs> Duh, McFly. Because it's a freaking scam. Yeah. Like, it's it's only a matter of years before it just goes starts tumbling because everybody starts looking at it and going, yeah, this doesn't make sense. Like this, this doesn't make any, and here's the funny part in the article, all we hear about lately is how we need blue collar workers. We need yeah. all these people, right? Now I'm going to guess the writer of this article is clearly a college educated, you know, some elitist <laughs> that, you know, you have to have had this many degrees to speak with me. I am so important and I'm so learned. That's how they talk. Yeah, I'm right. learned. Okay. okay. And they said, the implication of fewer college-educated people, however, means that over time, the United States as a whole could face an economic downturn as it gives rise to many more blue-collar workers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so on one hand, we need more blue-collar workers, but, oh my God, these people aren't going to go. How are they going to do? How are we going to function if everyone doesn't start with $400,000 in debt? How will we function? Yeah. Okay. Uh, this can irrevocably, whatever, alter the makeup of the workforce needed. Despite current unemployment rates being among the lowest they've ever been, the American people are already starting to see a shift in the labor market. Okay. Despite current unemployment rates being <laughs> at the lowest rate they've ever been, how's the economy right now? The economy sucks. <laughs> like, inflation is through the roof. People don't have money. People don't have... So the idea that it's bad for the economy, for people to say, I'm going to skip on a few hundred thousand in debt to start off my life so that I'm actually a slave the rest of my life because mm -hmm. we got rid of slavery, but now we're going to modern day do it where you are a slave to us and you can't get rid yeah. of it. The fact that we're going to get rid of that and say, I'm going to forego all of that debt and I'm going to go be a blue-collar worker where maybe I'm a plumber, maybe I'm something where I actually have a little bit of control over what I do, so necessary, so needed, and I don't know if you've looked at the hourly rate on I these know. people lately. We were just told yesterday that over here, it's your, your minimum wage is $19 an hour? I had a guy come and what? snake out my sink, took him, if I round up to the nearest minute, three minutes, $250. That is wild. I'm like, I'm in the wrong career. This That's is wild. like, you know, whatever. But the economy is going to fall apart if we don't keep serving <laughs> okay. these indoctrination houses called colleges and keep bringing them through and doing, you know, it's such a joke. Okay, but listen to I this I saw stuff. this and I'm like, this is a joke. So the joke. article continues. So what can employers do when the makeup of the workforce starts to shift? So Jared, this is what you could do. Oh God, this is great. Here employers, we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here employers, we go. if possible, you need to offer higher salaries with fewer requirements. Hold on. Let me just make sure I got this. What? Just came out of COVID. Hold on. Nobody works. <laughs> Nobody comes into the office. Everyone wants how many weeks vacation as soon as I start. Everybody wants whatever. Higher salaries, less requirements. We already <laughs> see all these companies laying everybody off because we had this I epiphany. Am... Oh, when you pay a bunch of people full time and so... they don't work, it doesn't work. So this article says the way we fix it, even higher. Okay, I and am the less <laughs> requirements. They shouldn't have to be held accountable. It is so funny. I am the result of someone that worked for a pair that was under a parent company. My company was yeah. under a parent company that literally lived by this. Yeah. And went, went we out are of going to went out of business. pay people yeah. over what they actually should and not even require them. And require because less. 
you know what? They should be a CEO. Although it's your ha- right. Although they have the experience of a barista. Yeah, it is your right. Here we go. It is your right. If you went to college. This is wild. Wait a second. If you went to college and, and got alcohol poisoning every weekend and, you know, a lot of other things I'm not going to say right now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, spring chicken for your next spouse. And you go through all of that. <laughs> well, it is now your right. Because you can come crazy. in and go, look what I got. And by the way, here's the funny thing. They won't fail people at these colleges. Because once it became a business and mommy and daddy are paying 100 grand a year, you're not flunking my kid. Mm-hmm. You're not flunking my kid. I'll take them. I'm not going to pay you anymore. Yeah. It became a business where for this amount, you give them this piece of paper, come hell or high water, whether they're showing up at class or not, whether mm-hmm. I paid for this. And that is what's – we are in – the season of entitlement. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I don't want to hire those people. Like I have, this I should give them wild. higher and expect less. Can you expect any less than post-COVID? It, this, the generation coming in, oh. I mean, it's all, it's all about what are you going to offer me? I want to I want remote work. By the way, though, a lot of that stuff, I want though. I pay. Yeah. But I mean, like a lot of it is even being enabled. Like it's, it's happening. But it worked it three is- years ago. Now? How many times have I said to you, all those kids that jump around every two years because they, they, they watch their Instagram videos where they say, you got to go to the next place where they'll give you more money. If your current one won't do it, you got to get 10% more. Go to your next place. Go to your next place. Go to your next place. And that's what they teach. I see all these videos. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to people that we've gotten rid of or they've left. Yeah. And they, because they watch these videos. I got to keep jumping. I got to keep jumping. I got to keep jumping. And they don't pay attention to the long-term effects. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you got to pay the piper. And eventually... You're going to go to employers, and they're going to go seven employers in 10 years? You're just not the commitment type. Yeah, we're good. Why would they invest in someone? That works when you're 22 and you're on your third place in two years. Because you say, I'm trying to find myself. You know, I just, I'm, I want to move up. There was no room for movement. There was no, yeah. and everybody falls for it. They're like, maybe. You seem like you put a sentence together. You have a degree. You have whatever. When you start hitting 30, 31, 32, and all of a sudden it's like 10 companies? 10 companies? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're done. At that point, you become. That's why, that's you know crazy. what you become? You become Leonardo DiCaprio's next girlfriend. <laughs> you know that at 25, you're out. Because for there was a while there where every girlfriend who came in was like, I'm going to be the one that changes him. I'm going to be the one that he's going to settle down with. He's had all those models. I've seen it. But I'm going to be the one that changes him. One after another after another. They went from 24 to 25. Good day. 24 to 20. Good day. 25. Good day. 25. Good day. After a while, if you're one of those models and you're 23, you've got 24 <laughs> months with him. And then you're done. Oh, because history is what history is. Yeah. It's real. And so employers after a while start to wise up and go, wait a second now. You're jumping around a lot. Yeah. And I don't think that's what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. And so you're getting advice from people online and otherwise who have never had to live out that advice themselves, and they don't know the long-term effects, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. And, and they're going to see that it doesn't work out long-term, you know, for yeah. happiness, for growth, for any of those things. Eventually, you got to pay the piper, you yeah. know? So there's an so interesting crazy. example, DiCaprio's girlfriends. So, yeah, our economy is <laughs> in trouble because we're actually creating more blue-collar workers who aren't starting <laughs> off their life with $400,000 in debt to the government. What a take. I know. Seriously, what a take. It's it's amazing to me. Anyway. Anyways, I couldn't let that one go, so. Yeah, I wasn't going to talk about it. There you go. Anything else we need to talk about? We got videos to shoot, guys. We got promos to shoot. We discussed a lot on this. 
um, all over the place as usual. I love it when we get comments from people about the podcast and they're like, you know, um, I listened for whatever and I don't, I, don't, I don't hear the thing yet that was in the title. <laughs> so let me just explain this to everybody right now, okay? There's if what's called a podcast. Point, if they get to this point. <laughs> there's what's called a podcast and there's what's called an Instagram reel, okay? An Instagram reel is 60 to 90 seconds. Whatever that thing's titled, that's what's getting talked about. A podcast title is about seven to 10 words. Everything we talk about over the last hour and a half, two hours, I promise you is not in the title. <laughs> Instagram reels, you listen to for a real quick, hit me with whatever. A podcast you put on while you're in the car, while you're working out, while you're in the shower, and it's going to go all over the place like any conversation would. But I promise you it will not be summed up in the seven to ten words that make up the title of this podcast. There we go. I want to just I want to just caption that and just send that out to everyone. Okay. <laughs> anyway, anything else to say? Nope. That's Miss a wrap. Miss Newsmaker. No. Big shot. Thanks for having me on. Well, I have to now. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're like running the industry now. I'll send you the invoice. Big shot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you guys get a chance, go on over. Uh, Lindy got coop. Say congrats to Linda. That's a big yeah. deal. I know it's uh, a lot of work. Also. A lot of yeah. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, Perfect. So we love you all guys. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Depending on how you're doing this, yeah. make sure you're subscribing. Make sure you're sharing it with people. If you're loving it, let us know. If you're not, you don't have to tell us. Uh, <laughs> don't waste your time. <laughs> but we love doing it, guys. Anyways. So thanks so much for listening and watching. We'll see you next time. Bye. Good day. See ya. Thanks so much for listening. Please take a moment and go to www.connectwithjared.com to connect with Jared James on all the platforms you are active on. And please remember to subscribe and leave a positive review on the platform you are listening on if you enjoyed the podcast.